0: Welcome to The Connection, a weekly
1: radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection,
2: Lisa demattis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. And we're back. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Connection. I am one of the hosts of this program, Anne Baldwin with no E.
0: <laughs> Lisa Dematis Lapori, with an E, CEO <laughs> from The Connection. Good morning, everyone. Good
2: morning. Well, it's another uh, beautiful spring day. Let's hope it stays that way for a while. I hope everybody's um, tulips and daffodils and flowers are starting to bloom. I know my, um, oh, what do you call those things, those big pink flowers, uh, rhododendron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, they're just about to pop. I can't wait. I always love it fills up my whole back patio. It's wonderful.
0: I have spring flowers in my office and someone came in the other day and they were sneezing. <laughs> oh, come on. Cuz it's that strong, you know. Yeah, I know. What's what's going on? Everybody's somebody's allergic to everything I anymore. Know. You can't wear
2: perfume, you can't have flowers. God forbid you bring in a peanut butter sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> But anyway, it's it's great to be here again, and, uh, you know, we talk about some great programs and some great things that are going on at The Connection, and really, you know, people listening might say, why are you talking about this? This doesn't impact me. Let's, you know, whether it's somebody coming out of incarceration or it's homelessness or affordable housing, well, that why do we care about that? We care about that because... It does impact you because it's part of bettering society to benefit all of us, right? True. If we've got these people that, let's say they're incarcerated for whatever reason, and, and as we read in the papers almost every single day, it's not just thugs out there that are ending up behind bars. There's white-collar crime. We talked before on the program about opioid addiction, and you know more and more people are getting caught in, up into that and ending up in – in prison or DUIs, you just never know why somebody's where they're at. There's something going on. We all have our stuff, right? We all have our demons. So having the resources to help deal with those demons and deal with putting them behind you and moving your life and your productivity forward is what you guys are all about.
0: Right. And really, we can't do it. We can't do this work without having strong community partners. And that's why I'm excited about our guest today because, um, you know, part of being... Um, a nonprofit is you're only as strong as the people that are around you and the people you collaborate with and the folks that you lean on to do this work because none of us can do it alone and um, so part of what makes the connection important moving forward is our increased collaborations with the dynamic people. And, you know, being based in Middlesex County, I have to say that I've never really experienced such an amazing community um, of providers who really come together with not a hidden agenda, but the same agenda about really helping the problems um, in Connecticut and in that area with homelessness and um, addiction and mental health, etc. cetera. Um, so based but, on that, let's introduce our guest, shall we? Yes.
2: Anne Faust is here. Another Anne hey, with, with no, no E. e. <laughs> <laughs> Anne is the ex- executive director of the coalition of housing and homelessness. And Anne, it's great to have you on the program, have you in the studio. Um, let's, well, Thank let's, you. Let's,
1: it's a pleasure to be here.
2: Thank you. And let's start with the big picture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How, how big of a problem is homelessness in Connecticut?
1: Um, homelessness in Connecticut is actually um, decreasing. Well, I, I, should, I should define it as chronically homeless. Um, that's where we've really put our efforts in statewide, where uh, Connecticut is a leader in the nation in tackling um, chronic homelessness. And to be chronic, it means that you have been homeless for a year or more and you have a disability. Um, or it could, you could have um, had three or four episodes of homelessness, but it adds up to a year. Um, So those are the folks that um, we have concentrated on in in getting them um, housing with wraparound services. We call that permanent supportive housing. There's, um, well, it's the right thing to do, but the studies that have been done have also suggested that it really saves taxpayer dollars because people aren't um, using more expensive services like the emergency department or the criminal justice system or residential treatment centers, things like that. Um, So... um, In Middlesex County, homelessness around the chronic homeless has decreased 43% in the last three years, which is an amazing accomplishment. And we have um, a a resource now for every single person on our by name list who is uh, chronically homeless. So there's no wait list for homelessness if you're chronically homeless. And so now we're moving to try to tackle um, youth homelessness among our our young adults and our youth that don't meet that definition of chronic because they're young. They they don't have a year's worth of being homeless. Um, We're tackling family homelessness. And now we're working at preventing homelessness by offering one-time assistance to people facing eviction and also by trying to create more more housing choices and more affordable places for people to live.
2: If someone is chronically homeless, Mm -hmm. how do they find you? Or is it you go find them? Um,
1: Both. (laughs) Uh, We have um, outreach workers that are out on the street finding people. They're going into the soup kitchens and the libraries, um, places where, uh, where people spend their time. Um, and then as soon as they are identified, they're encouraged to call 2 one um, The state, along with its partners like the coalition, we set up um, uh, coordinated access networks. It used to be if you were in need of shelter, you had to call up every shelter and find out if they had a bed open.
2: And usually they don't.
1: Yeah, but now it's coordinated where you call 2 one um, and this is something I'd like your listeners to really know. If they know of somebody with unstable housing, somebody that's on the brink or somebody who is homeless, please encourage them to call two one one, and you, you'll get an, a housing specialist if you uh, press option three and then option one. That's
2: and, good to know because that yes. can take a long time to get to where you number. yes. Two one one and then three. Yep. and then one, one
1: gets okay. you a housing specialist. Can
2: someone call on someone else's behalf?
1: Um, possibly. I mean, you can help that person if you know of somebody. Um, you know, sit them down, let them use your cell phone. Um, they'll they'll get an appointment with a case manager to do an assessment. Um, our, our response to people who are homeless are very tailored now to the specific situation. We've realized that there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. Um, and the other thing a person could do is to remind them to keep that appointment and to get there. We have about a fifty percent no show rate, which is actually higher than the national average. You know, people li- live chaotic lives, and mm-hmm. many people don't keep the appointment. So, the best way some of your listeners could help people is to encourage them to make that phone call, and then encourage them to keep that appointment. You Maybe brought up offer transportation, right? If absolutely,
2: necessary. and and uh, and you brought up an interesting point that Connecticut is one of the leaders in their homelessness rate. I know I have recently traveled to. To Denver and to Las Vegas and it's just in the parks and along the sidewalks I mean it's everywhere Mm -hmm. and when you think about it you think about Connecticut you don't see it Mm -hmm. and that's got to be for a reason right where are these people
1: Mm -hmm. um they're they're in our shelters they have or they have a housing resource such as permanent supportive housing we have another new um it's really an exciting time to be in the housing field because there's so much research and so much is changing. Um, Some people do need permanent supportive housing, which is um, a, a rental voucher and case management services for a very long period of time. But many people who are homeless on any given night really need a very light touch. They need a security deposit and first month's rent.
2: And you provide that?
1: Um, we, we have programs. Um, the coalition links um, all the providers together so that um, they know where to refer people. Um, the case manager that um, 211 would set you an, up with an appointment, um, they know all the resources. Now,
2: do these also apply to elderly folks Oh, yes. Um, who are maybe on the brink of, mm-hmm. you know, the same kind of situation because it is intimidating. I remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago when I was renting an apartment and it was like first and last month's rent. Where in the heck am I going to get that kind of money, you know? Exactly. So it's Absolutely. really a deterrent sometimes for people to even get started mm-hmm. and, and understand the responsibility of being, you know, a, a good person. And, it, and having that responsibility of paying those bills. Yeah.
1: And, you know, sometimes homelessness um, is very complicated because people have lots of issues. Right. But many times it is just money. I mean, that's that's the only thing. That's I'm all. Time and money. To, that's what I always say. Know. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so... Um, you know, those are the people if they come into shelter where they they have um, job skills. They, you know, many are employed, but they can't save up that money for the security deposit and first month's rent. So that's um, what we call rapid rehousing. It's a very light touch, um, short period of time. They receive assistance for and. We've had, um, they've they've tracked, again, we have such great data now. Since the program started about five years ago, we have um, a 92% success rate with rapid rehousing, which is amazing. That's fantastic.
2: Wow. That's really so. How long do you support these people? I mean, how long do they get?
1: Mm-hmm. again it's tailored to okay. the individual person okay. rapid rehousing could be um a short um subsidy for your housing for up to a year but many people it's three months or less
2: and what about the availability of affordable housing in connecticut mm-hmm. is there enough inventory for this or
1: um no afford that you know that's an, another issue um The Connecticut United Way did a study about um, ALICE, what they call um, Asset Limited Income Constrained and Employed. It's people who live um, above the poverty level and above the, um, the requirements for many of the social services, but below what they call a survival budget. And in Middlesex County, it's almost 30% of the families um, in Middlesex County are in that category where they're above the poverty rate, but below a survival budget. And um, housing, housing, and childcare are the two most expensive um, mm-hmm. monthly items in in a person's budget.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, um, so we we work toward um, educating local planning and zoning commissions about the need, and helping um, to match developers with um, um, with the resources that are available through the state and federal government.
2: Because here again, there must be stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. Affordable housing means a certain, what some might consider, undesirable family or individual Mm -hmm. uh, would be moving in there. So how do you change that mindset, Lisa?
0: Education, um, information, because we know that's not true. We know that, you know, the way that the influx of jobs are, right? Mm -hmm. You can be, anyone could become imminently homeless. At any given time, with layoffs and the, and yeah. what the changes are, trauma and all the other you know life effect life um, occurrences. If you don't have a support system, you know we've seen families where um, I th- I'm thinking of a recent family who was very stable and um, then you know dad came back. Um, from, um, being in the service and had severe PTSD and had, you know, had a breakdown and, you know, became violent and, um, suicidal and the family was left with nothing. Right. I mean, this was, they didn't have these issues, right? Right. So they had to leave. They had to vacate. They didn't have family and they were homeless. So, I mean, I think it can happen to anyone at any given time, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really educating folks. You know, it's interesting because you've got this
2: event coming up, right? Yes. And uh, you talk about anybody could become homeless. I remember in my early days, you know, newly married kids, the child care, you know, we were just one or two paychecks away from, you know, where we could not have a roof over our head. I don't think it's that far-fetched for a lot of people to think about, you know, unforeseen circumstances and lack of planning um, really could put you in that situation. So tell us about Janice Joplin and the fact that she's going to be coming. I love her, love her, love her. And there's an opportunity for folks to come and see her.
1: Um, Well, every year we do a fundraiser at the Ivoryton Playhouse. It's a great partnership between two nonprofits. I love it. Um, So um, you purchase a a ticket for $80, and um, they have a tent and a slate patio. And before the show, we have hors d'oeuvres and wine. Um, You go into the show, come out at intermission, and we have Godiva chocolates and Mm -hmm. cordials. Um, And this year we are so excited that the show is um, A Night with Janis Joplin, because um, Janice Joplin was in and out of homelessness her whole life, and she really reflects a lot of the people that we serve. She had so much to give and such talent. She needed help to direct that talent, and um, her her voice, all of us can remember her voice. Yes. The people that we serve have a voice like Janice. They need some assistance. They need to get back on their feet. And then they'll be able to offer society as much as Janice has offered all of us over the years.
2: So when is it and how can people get tickets okay. to that? And how it, So the proceeds will go back to the program? To
1: the Coalition on Housing and Homelessness. Oh, that's yes.
2: fantastic. Yes. Wow, you got a big one here. <laughs>
1: yes. So it is on um, Thursday night, June 7th from 6 to 10. And you can um, get tickets through our website, which is growstrongct.org.
2: Growstrongct.org. And there'll be a link. And that is fantastic. And she's going to be performing, Mm -hmm. but then you get a little VIP treatment uh, before the show and, (laughs) and during intermission. And knowing that you're there for a good cause is is just fantastic. It's interesting. I didn't know that about her. Yes. You know, and you wonder. It's When you have an issue, you know, like with me and my recovery, you start to hear about other people, like, that have the same issues, right? And you kind of go, wow, I didn't know that about that person. Mm-hmm. But it's okay because I think th- this helps us, mm-hmm. you know, kind of push down the stereotypes too and raises awareness that, you know, this can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. but you can overcome it. Yes. If you have the right support exactly. and if you have the right resources, yeah. you know, it's, where you're at, you know, things can get better mm-hmm. if you just reach out for help. Yeah. And yeah. it's as simple as calling three numbers: 211. Yes, exactly. And then the number one and the number three. No,
1: the number three, three. then the number one. Oh,
2: am <laughs> I dyslexic? 21131. 21131. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got it. Well, that's going to be great. And again, it's at the Ivoryton Playhouse. It is a night with Janice Joplin. And the Ivoryton Playhouse is down there in Essex, and it's on June 7th. So let's just imagine it's going to be a beautiful, is it summer by June? It's usually
1: warm. It's going
2: to be a beautiful, starry, starry night out there with the tent from 6 to 10. You might just want to bring a little shawl or something over your shoulders um, as you go down there and sip wine. I wouldn't sip wine, <laughs> but Godiva chocolates, oh my God, they're my favorite. So it sounds like a great evening for a great cause. Yes, it really it is. It really, really it's is. It's really
1: fun. Um, You know, when we first started the ev- event, we used to start at 6.30 under the tent, and people were having such a good time. The feedback we got is we wanted to start earlier, mm. so that's why we moved it to 6 o'clock so nice. that we have more time under the tent before the, the show begins. That's
2: right, and it's not a large venue, so I'm, I'm pretty much assuming, let's hope that this event sells out, so you should get yes. your... Tickets again, yes. As soon as you possibly can. How many? Can. T-
0: how many? How many folks can um, can this um, venue oh, hold?
1: Um, hundred. We have hundred and eighty um, seats, um, and we've we've sold out or come close to selling out every year.
2: Fantastic. That is great. So, what is? Your connection to the connection. Okay. Why do you? How do you two live in the same world, if you will?
1: Okay. So the coalition, we're we're about systems change, and we're about looking for efficiencies with, throughout the whole homeless um, system. Mm-hmm. And we work with our partners when new resources, financial resources, or people resources come into our region. We look at the best way at, at a system wide level to um, to use. the the limited resources we have most effectively. So the the connection is one of our partner agencies. We have partners that are nonprofits, business leaders, um, faith-based community. And um, we work together to find a solution to, um, well, to identify gaps in services, to identify solutions. Um, One of our great successes was when the Shepherd Home that was a transitional living center was um, closing. Uh, The building was in disrepair. There were just a number of issues that had to close and there were 70 people living in the Shepherd Home and we had about six months notice that it was going to close. So we brought the community together, the connection was at the table, the Liberty Bank Foundation was at the table, our legislative officials were at the table. um, And we, we figured out, First of all, a housing plan for each person that was in there. And when the doors shut, every single person had a housing plan and a roof over their heads when it closed. But that that was enough. Then we said, we have this beautiful building. It's in disrepair. It, it, it's an old brick building that was a nurse's dorm on the CVH campus. And it's just beautiful Georgian Architecture, and um, we figured that we needed to do something with this building. So, again, we brought all of our partners together and figured out how we were going to reuse the building. And right now, it's under construction or reconstruction, it's being renovated back to its former glory, and it will house 32 units of affordable housing with a preference for veterans.
0: Wow, isn't that wonderful?
2: Yeah, I'm so excited. Yes. That is fabulous. Yeah. That is, fa- and when do you, when's that project expected to be? I know they're never on budget or on <laughs> yes. time, but.
1: Um, they had the brown, groundbreaking a la- uh, few days ago, and they say February of 2019, the doors will open.
2: That is fantastic. Oh, I got to tell you, and we're, we're speaking with Ann Faust, your passion for what you do. Mm-hmm. We interview a lot of people on this program. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's amazing. I mean, you're just so happy and so, mm-hmm. you know, energetic about what it is that you do. It's so refreshing to see that. And I also like what you said, Ann, too, about legislative leaders coming together. You know, folks around the table and this collaborative effort to figure out we've got these issues, how can we deal with them? And it benefits all of us again. I can't say that enough. Mm-hmm. Because too many people ignore the issues. When you don't know, with one day it may be you or somebody you know that's in that same situation wouldn't you want the best mm-hmm. possible resources and outcomes for that person or their family yeah. wouldn't you want that
1: and in you know housing it really touches on every aspect of of society um, you know if you don't have stable housing, it affects the it affects your local emergency department you 'll have longer waits it it affects the services that your town offers, such as police and fire and and EMts. Um, So that's one reason why we chose Grow Strong Connecticut was because um, you can't grow a a healthy community without housing. And and I just have one more quote. We have a a group of people who had experienced homelessness in their lives, and they advocate and talk to us. And Michael Burrell, this one gentleman, when he talks, he he, with a smile on his face, he was homeless. He's not anymore. He says, you know, I used to be a real expensive guy, but I'm getting cheaper every day.
0: (laughs) Wow. I love, yes, I love that,
1: yeah, love that so he you know he he was in and out of the emergency room many times when he was homeless and and uh since he has a roof over his head, um that doesn't happen anymore
2: and what about families? I'm sure they're one huge mm-hmm. component of this. do you have separate housing for families?
1: yes, um, we have a uh a middle, uh middle town family shelter, and the, there's also um some family beds in Meriden um and then um, we're working, there's some separate initiatives on ending family homelessness.
2: So what are what's the future look like? What do you hope it looks like?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we face uncertain times with our state and federal government, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but we do know now what works, and we know how to do it more efficiently and effectively. You've like, had to learn that, right? Yeah, and people have heard our message, you know, if you cut funding for housing, you're only going to pay for it. Exactly. through other ways. So um, it's really exciting because of all the research and the data that's collected now that we know what's working and what isn't, and we keep tweaking it and getting better and better at it. Um, that's why we've had such a decrease in chronic homelessness in the state of Connecticut.
0: It's amazing. You know, um, so many of the of our clients that suffer from um, chronic homelessness have spoken at, you know, many events that we've had and have talked about feeling of having a key in your hand and putting it in the door and opening it and closing it behind you and what that feeling feels like that I mean I think many of us can take for granted it's sort of like your quote-unquote safe haven sort of your space where Mm -hmm. you can you know take you know exhale I know I do when I get home right from the end of the day and you know, to behave, to have a backyard and to be a part of a community and to, um, you know, feel like you're giving back and bring value to who you are, I think is, is really key. And, you know, many of the clients that we have at our shelter in Middletown, their stories are really remarkable. I mean, some of the folks that we see have had pretty astonishing backgrounds, um, were successful at one time, you know, possibly made bad decisions or didn't have family members or had mental health issues and were cast aside. And, um, you know, to see that struggle every day is really difficult. And I'm just so proud to, um, for our agency, even though we're statewide, to be, you know, our home base to be located in Middletown because of the community and people like Ann Faust who fight the fight every day and with a smile on their face and really, you um, Give us hope in, in the nonprofit world, um, working with communities like this, that we're actually making strives for, for homelessness. And I'm a, a really huge supporter of finding housing for our families because none of, the, of our clients at The Connection could possibly be successful without housing, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So it's, that is such a key. It's such a key for all of our citizens to have a home to live in.
2: And if, you know, I can editorialize a little bit, you know, I see it every day. I see it in the news. I've seen it up at the Capitol, you know, cut, 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 nonprofits and all these other things. If there's, in my opinion, a silver lining that's come out of that is that I've seen more collaboration between agencies. Mm -hmm. I've seen more studies of effectiveness so that you know what you need to change. So you've done that and it's working. So leave it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to say quit cutting funding to these programs because, it's not that you're just throwing money at a problem. You're taking money and you're putting together programs with proven results that help us all fix the problem. Exactly. So it makes me so incensed when I just hear about, you know, cut this, cut that. You know, you're down to the bone. There's no more fat on the bone.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that so, is very true. You
2: know? True. So yeah. I, I really, I want to I send that message strong and clear that, folks, this isn't a waste of money. You know, go on these websites you know, see the faces of these people, read their stories, read about these programs, and then tell me why it's not worth it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right? I'm done with my rant. <laughs> I just had to do that. But I, I do. Just, I get passionate about it. And maybe because I've met these people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen these people. And I know the reality that I could, myself or family members, be one of these people. Mm-hmm. So it just it's it's great to know that we're in a state that does look at this as a priority because we wouldn't be mm-hmm. at the top of the level of homelessness mm-hmm. or non-having. What's the word I'm trying to say?
1: Ending homelessness. Ending <laughs> homelessness.
2: That's right. So what do you want people out to know uh, out there again? And mm-hmm. again, Ann Faust is with us. And you know, she's the coalition or director of the Coalition of Housing and Homelessness. We've got a couple minutes left.
1: Sure. Um, if if I could leave your audience with a few things. Um one would be that if there is an, a proposal for some affordable housing in your community, to instead of having that knee-jerk reaction to do some education, um, there's some wonderful information on our website, which is growstrongct.org, but also there's an uh, organization called the Partnership for Strong Communities. And you can go on there and you can find um, a housing a, a profile for each town in the state of Connecticut. So if... if uh, um, You know, so many of our communities, um, when an affordable housing project is brought before planning and zoning. They um, fight it. Yeah, yeah, they lack the support. So, So do your homework, find out more about affordable housing. And then if there's somebody in your life who has unstable housing, again, try to do everything you can to connect them to services. And by calling 211, that's the first step.
2: Absolutely. Well, Lisa, this has been another great conversation. I think we've learned a lot. I know I always do. And, uh, you know, there's a real need out there and this isn't, you know, it's not always forever. But again, back to my news days, I remember doing stories on people who were provided um, affordable housing. And you talked about they walk into the threshold of this place. And it's like, this is mine. And they take great pride in that. They do. And it's life changing when you have a responsibility and you have a roof over your head it can change a lot of the other dynamics uh, in in one's life. And that's really a great place to start. So I really um, applaud what it is that you're doing. And uh, as we say, right, what do we say? Continued success. success. That's, that's our motto. Oh. <laughs> Never good luck, because luck has thank nothing to success. do with it. Yes. It's all about success. Well, again, I thank like you that. so much, Ann Faust. You were a
0: pleasure to have on this program. Thank you. Lisa? Thank you, yes. It's always nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Okay, and well. I just want to um, say one more time to Ann Faust, um, you're such a role model for all of us, and thank you so much for keep fighting the fight, and we're right here to support you every inch of the way.
1: Well, thank you, and Lisa. Same goes to you. Thank you so much for all you do for our community, and and it's you. very nice to meet you. <laughs> thank
2: you as well. And let's just thank everybody. How about <laughs> thanking our listeners for thank tuning you. in to this edition of the Connection, right here on WTIC News Talk, ten eighty. <laughs>